This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geek, show number 441, recorded on April 16th, 2020. Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find their way into your home. News reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live from the AverageGuy.tv studios. And here, Mike, a snowy Bellevue, Nebraska, I think with four to six inches, maybe in a weird freak spring snowstorm. Are you going to go out and uh, build any It's perfect snowman uh, snow, right? The kids get out there? The boys and I went out after dinner, and we threw some snowballs at the stop sign. We was of a competition. Obviously, theirs are going very far at three and two, but they like building it. And then they say it's free ice cream because we package it with a snowball, and they walk inside, and they eat it all night. And tonight's mm. snow, that wet, dense snow is perfect for some free ice cream. Super, super good for that. Mark, do you guys still have snow on the ground up there? You're up in no. Canada? No? No, oh. it, it was gone as of last week. Okay. Okay, and no, nothing in, nothing, nothing coming. Hopefully, you got better weather, weather coming too. Uh, we do. We'll get another week of this cold stuff. Like today, it was just above freezing, and a week from now, um, they're saying it's going to be four or five degrees above zero minimums. Yeah, don't so use finally, Celsius. We don't know what that's what that's. That's why based on freezing. <laughs> we don't know what any of that stuff means. We're Americans. We don't understand. Times it. by nine divided by fifteen plus thirty-five. Like, isn't that the? It's a weird the, formula. It's, it's yeah. Google. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah it's just our hey Siri or whatever. Of course, we post the show with world class show notes. And uh, this time, if you're listening to the audio, you probably want to come out and watch the video on YouTube. We do have video RSS feeds. I haven't said this in a long time, but I have a video large and a video small. If that's something you want, I, I'd always encourage people to watch it on YouTube. But I had some listeners say, "Hey, can I just download the video?" And okay, I, I guess that's okay. So. All of that is available at theaverageguy.tv slash subscribe if you want to get it done that way. You can also join us live on our mobile app, a great way to join us um, each and every week. Easiest way to find us alive, by the way. Go to homegadgetgeeks.com. There's a big Android and iPhone button. Just choose those, download it, put it on your phone. Always have it in case of an emergency, and we thank our Patreon subscribers who help pay for that each and every month. Big thanks last week, John, Spencer, Unraid, Mike, maybe the most popular show we've had. I'm, I'm not going to lie. It was crazy what all the conversation that went on in Discord and Twitter about it this week. You know, the the prep for, for this week's show has been enjoyable. I'll say that. Yeah. Yeah. So we um, – so big thanks to John and Spencer who joined us from Unreal. Oh, sorry. La- <laughs> Gosh. I was, I was already thinking about this week, uh, about last – sorry. Yes, well, last week okay. about Unraid. Well, how, how many people yeah, were in Discord started a new Unraid build this week? Uh, three I, or four, for yes. sure. Yeah. And yeah, some pretty four. powerful Unraid builds. Yeah, John, I think, wins for uh, biggest and baddest build. He posted his uh, his new specs for the for the uh, the build he's building now. He just go put it in the order today. Yeah, I was going to say, go big or go home. Puts all of us to shame, I think, with, uh, with his new setup. But no, last week, I think, sparked a lot of good conversation. I've been enjoying a lot of you guys in the Unraid channel on Discord, uh, asking questions, talking about tips and tricks. I think everyone's just been... Uh, helping everyone out there. I know John got a lot of good tips from everyone on his build on what he ordered. I think a lot of other people have been posting questions. So love the the talk out there. So keep keep putting it out there. If you guys are interested in Unraid, use that channel out there. Post questions, anything. Uh, talk about it. Mark, have you uh, you got Unraid running anywhere? Dual. Your, dual. What does that mean? 
I have two on raid servers. <laughs> <laughs> well, I knew I knew dual meant two, but I was. Oh, no, I have I have uh, one that when I first got on raid is like six two, I think, and I had a package where you you bought one for eighty bucks and you got a second for a hundred, okay. like twenty bucks more. It was it was a almost like buy one get one at thirty percent. Yeah. So I bought two. Uh, I set one up right away. Ran it for about a year and a bit. Upgraded the processor. Ran it again. Got the second one running as a backup using completely spare parts I had around the house. So I could back up my wife's pictures on multiple uh, systems. And then uh, the second one hasn't been ran in probably three years. But the primary just got upgraded again to the Pro so I can have uh, unlimited drives on it. It's running now a Xeon 24 gig of RAM, um, two HBA cards. Uh, it's... And now a 16, or sorry, now a 1060 to do, right now do folding at home, but eventually do um, encoding, transcoding. Nice. Yeah. And, and I love that Lopta too has, has he, he's like on the opposite end, right? He's doing like, okay. Adam Power. What? For yeah. Yeah. Adam, it's an Adam 230 board that he's running it on. And I, I agree. So we have people on all ends of the spectrum doing like, hey, what can I run this thing? Like, what are the min specs? And I think, I think Lopta hit out of the park with that one. Uh, yeah. And then you got like John over here building like more powerful, 10 times more powerful than like the rig I'm podcasting on right now uh, for his Unraid build. So the community here is so much fun because they're doing all sorts of builds. It's been it's been fun to yeah. watch. Yeah, it has been good, and I've enjoyed the conversation. It always sparks a lot of excitement when we do that. And so, by the way, the contest that's going on—if you want one of those uh, unraid, um, what do we call the stickers? The they're not pillows, but they're badges. That's what they're called for your box. Uh, take a picture of what you're building, even if you're in the midst of it. John, take some pictures. Be creative. I'll be selecting some of the best pictures out. Jump on Twitter. Send me an Unraid official, an email with the, not an email, a Twitter, a tweet. There we go. With the picture. <laughs> that beer is coming fast. I'm I was going to say, uh, well, I, I jumped to this week's show when you were talking about last week's show. So, you know what? Let's just reset. Oh. And we'll start now. How so, strong is that beer? I, I don't know. It's <laughs> only a 6%. That's the sad part. Stronger than I anticipated. Um, so take a picture, send it to us on Twitter. Copy me. Put uh, Unraid official on there. And I'll be selecting a few of those. And Unraid will be sending those out. So thanks to John and Spencer for doing that as well. We appreciate that. Of course, Tony Rayner joined us uh, as well last week. Tony, thanks for jumping in and being a part of the show. We always appreciate it. All right, he started a new build too. He just yeah, throwing that out there. Yeah, yeah. He just started a new build this week, I think, or uh, he's going to do it after he was done with his seven seven days on. So I think he actually just started though. I think he's running it on a NUC. Is what he said. So excited. Everyone is starting. Raid builds after last week, and it makes me very, very happy inside. No, it's super great. Uh, uh, Ryan, who's been on the show before, so same here, uh, Brian. Can't decide if I want to stick on VMware or build an Unraid. And the answer is both. You do both. That's that's just what? Ryan. You got a bunch of equipment there. You can, that's true. You could totally do that. Yeah, and so like it, this, this stuff it gets insane pretty fast as we think about what's available out there. But um, uh, uh, anyways. If you're if you missed last week's show, it's probably worth going back to. From here on out, it's going to be all barbecue. So that'll set the tech aside. Well, Mike's going to bring some tech in as we talk about. It. But Mark, good to have you back on. Good to catch up with you. Welcome to Home Gadget Geeks. Thank you. I think it's my fifth or sixth. I think so. I'm going to owe you a T-shirt here pretty quick. I think uh, uh, for this, we always bring you on uh, to talk about it. In the past, we've had Mike Howard on as well. Of course, Mike's not feeling well uh, and, and so we our thoughts and prayers go out to Mike as he's as he's battling cancer 
Um, uh, Mark, we always reach out to you. You're, I always, like, I always see your stuff coming in Twitter. I mean, on Facebook and just some of the stuff that, uh, that we do. And it's always super delicious. One of the things I wanted to kind of lead with tonight, cause we're, you know, we're in the middle of this, this COVID-19 situation and, you know, many of us been isolated or, or on lockdown or in quarantine, whatever you want to call it. And I don't know about you, but for me, like my cooking has gone to a whole different level because my wife is still working. She's still going out. She's in healthcare. She's still going out and doing the things that she needs to do. And so my daughter and I have kind of taken over the cooking responsibilities. And so I've begun to think a little bit more now about what we're eating. But as before, I was kind of like, oh, what's for dinner? You know, it's kind of the knucklehead caveman, you know, what's for dinner? And over the last couple of years, I've gotten uh, more, uh, more and more involved in that. We've always looked at this idea of grilling and smoking, and as I've always thought, kind of a premium experience. But in all actuality, it might be actually the most economic way to look at meat when we think about it in bulk. Agree or disagree with me, Mark, on that? Is it is it, it can it be economy uh, in large quantities? It depends on the cuts of meat you're getting, but most of the stuff like barbecue originated by cooking low and slow because they were cheap cuts of tough meat it's evolved now so that's not it's like chicken wings used to be a penny a piece right now they're not now you're paying 10 bucks for 10 wings like it's the stuff that was the offshoot is now the high-end stuff lobster used to be garbage now it's it's top of the line um so buying a cut of meat like a, a pot roast or a pork shoulder or a brisket used to be the really tough, long pieces that you had to braise and you had to cook really slowly for a long time. Um, they're still some of the cuts are still cheap, but then you're finding other stuff like they're get, you're getting into um, there's a there's a type of raising a pork where they're calling it it's the the pork the pig always has a happy life like they're, they're doing this thing where it's the uh, the heritage pork where you're paying. $15 a pound for the, for the pork, pork shoulder. Okay. Uh, okay. You, you get that stuff. It's going to make it expensive. The yeah. stuff I'm buying typically is $3 a pound Canadian, which is like a buck 50 for you guys or yeah. two bucks for you guys. And if I were looking for a couple cuts of meat, just right off the top of your head, what today, and I was going to get, you know, I wanted to jump into this. What are some good cuts to start with? You can always find pork shoulder on sale. Okay. Um, like Mike can vouch for what he paid for it because he did one the other day. I think we're paying, we typically try and get them for three bucks a pound around Chinese new year. We can get them for a buck a pound. Um, we bought them before at a buck a pound and put them in the freezer and then pull them out in the summer, just wrap them up and, and foil and saran wrap and wrap, pull them out in the, in the summer and fire them up. And like I've done a 19 pound pork shoulder before. Um, brisket I get for about five bucks a pound. Um, and that you lose about uh, 25% to trimming. Uh, and then you probably lose about another twenty percent to just evaporation, but you're still paying about a dollar fifty or two dollars a pound for what people are going to eat. Um, so we'll get like a nineteen pound brisket, trim it down to sixteen ish pounds, and walk away with about twelve pounds. Uh, and jerky, I get for um, I do jerky. I buy about fifteen pounds at a time. I trim about three pounds off, and I end up with about six pounds of cured jerky. Now, when you say you're buying jerky, like I've never really understood this and maybe others haven't either. What kind of, is that special meat you're buying just for that? We're going to talk about it a little bit later, but what are you buying to make jerky? Uh, I have round. Okay. Either I have round or outside round. And you've got, you've got a picture. Let's see if yeah. we can get, if we can get to that. Go ahead. So that's one of them. That's the, that's the trimmed out ones. And what's um, it called? I have round or I outside round. round. Okay. 
And that's, um, let me see if I can actually rotate this. Oh, it's not going to work, is it? Yeah. So that's what we call it in Canada, but uh, it's, the Canadian butchers and the U.S. butchers have different price, different uh, terminology. Mm -hmm. um, but we pay about three bucks a pound for that, so it's pretty cheap. And when I think of jerky, I think of like that's got to be one of the longest cooks you do. Is that right, or is it more no. higher heat, shorter? No, it's about uh, five or six hours uh, per batch. And you're just slicing it super thin? Is that the thing, or, or yeah. what? Yeah, so let me see if I can find some. There's the peppers I put into it. Uh, that's how thin it goes. So that's my jerky rack about to go on. So they're about a quarter inch thick when you start off. So you're getting the meat hole. You're cutting it down to a quarter of an inch, right? Yeah, okay. marinating it. Yep. And then cooking it for about five or six hours at 250. H how long in the marinade? Uh, two or three days if you want to. Okay. The and, recipe and, I call for is a day, but the, you can do two or three days. Do you make your own marinade? Or do you buy yeah. you buy a brand of it? Can you buy no. a brand? Can you just buy? Well, the, the brand is like a teriyaki. I, you can. This okay. is made. This is called um, uh, Dr Pepper Jerky. Um, and there's a, there's a girl who has a recipe online for it. But if you do a search for Dr Pepper Jerky, it's Dr Pepper, onion powder, garlic powder, a couple other things. Those are the peppers I put into it, and then. I'm, the first time I made it in the house, my wife came home after the stuff was marinating, um, and it was uh, it basically basically made a uh, a pepper spray in the house. So she <laughs> walked in and started coughing. So I wasn't allowed to do it in the house anymore. So now what I do is I, I reduce down the sauce because that's one of the key things you have to reduce down the sauce. I reduce it down and then I chop peppers up and put them in raw. I don't bother boiling them with it to reduce them down with it. And then I put in some um, stupid hot hot sauce on top of that, so it makes jerky. That's you got to be a pepperhead to like it. Okay, so I bring it to work and it's safe. You could, <laughs> you but you could you could make a version of that that's not necessarily hot and spicy, right? That way you could. Well, the, the Dr great. Pepper jerky normally is not. Okay, I've made it. Okay. I've cranked it up to the point where it's I like yeah. it. Yeah, and it puts a sweat on my. I like peppers and it puts a sweat in my forehead. But the the standard stuff, the standard recipe is not spicy. Yeah, yeah. And so, you, my mouth water just like no, looking at that and hearing you talking about like the hotness of it. I'm a huge hot fan as well. Oh man, it's the thing of my mouth water. And, and you think about what you pay for jerky, jerky is expensive, it extremely is. expensive yeah, for like really. the tiniest amount of jerky, too. Yeah, so I do, I'm doing six pounds of jerky, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it was costing me, uh, what's this? So it was, uh, say 40 bucks in meat and then about another seven or eight dollars and stuff. So about uh, probably about $35, $30 Canadian or US, sorry, complete. Yeah, right. And you're looking, you're getting six pounds of homemade jerky. Yeah. Yeah. So you it's know, less than a pretty economical way to get it done. Um, from yep. that. So you're taking that meat, you're slicing it down, you, you're showing it on racks. Yeah. Right. So you're marinating it first. Yep. Then it's going on a rack. Right. Yep. And then what? Uh, put it on the barbecue for. Five hours a batch, so I can fit all those four racks in my barbecue at once. Okay. Um, and when I'm doing it, that I do two batches, so those two those two rows will give me two batches. Okay. Um, and then I pull it out and I vacuum seal it in one and a half pound bags and stick it in the freezer. Okay. And, and then pull say, out a pound. Say I didn't have the big grill that you have, but I've I've just got an average size grill. Maybe do it I in could the oven. Do two two racks. I could do it in the oven, but if I wanted to do it on the grill, what would I? 
but what kind of temperature would I kind of want to set that to? 250. And are you adding smoke to it when you're doing it? No. Okay. Just straight. Could I if I wanted to? Yeah. Could I add smoke if yeah. I wanted to? You could add liquid smoke in the marinade if you wanted to. Okay. And and two two and liquid smoke is just a it's just a flavor, right? That I'm yeah. putting in there to kind of yeah. give it that smoky flavor. We've talked about liquid smoke here before. Um, two fifty for how long? It's it's uh, it's a texture more than time. Okay, it takes about five or six hours. Okay, but you want it to where you can sort of start pulling it apart. And then the trick is you put it in Ziploc bags or like I have in bowls here, uh, right there, and just let it air dry a little bit. Because okay. if you put it in a Ziploc bag and close it up, you're going to get all the moisture is going to come back out of the meat and go inside of the bags. So let it air dry for an hour or so and then uh, vacuum seal it and it freezes. Fantastic. Do I have to vacuum seal it? I mean, could I, could I just you put leave them in the bags fridge. and get as much air out as I can and throw them in or? Yeah. Okay. I, I vacuum seal it because it keeps it fresh. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, what I typically do is I vacuum seal the bags. I, when I want to eat it, I pull the bag out, I put it in a Ziploc bag, and I put it in the freezer. And I pull a couple pieces off, let it defrost in the counter for half an hour, then I go and eat it when I want to eat it. Now, you say a couple pieces. Like, I'm used to jerky. When I see when I buy jerky in the store, it's kind of in strips. Yeah, it's a different We're way of cutting it. We're looking more at jerky steaks. So, do you, do you cut these down into strips then? No, I'll take a couple of those quarter-inch round pieces. Yeah. So, it's about... Okay. Uh, Three inches diameter okay. by a quarter inch when you start cooking it, and it's about an eighth of an inch when it's done. So it's it's like a, a little, it's like a piece of uh, Canadian bacon. Mm. It's like a round disc of jerky. Okay. okay. And you just, just tear it right off the... Bite it and rip just it. Just tear, tear it right off. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that makes... That that makes sense, Mike. What do you think? I like. I want to go make some jerky. Right? I, I that's I'm I'm planning out my run tomorrow to High V. I'm gonna get the eye of the round, and we're gonna start making some jerky. Probably, probably tomorrow, peppers, actually. Jalapenos. Back to boys. Well, and this is the thing. So pretty economical. A pretty good snack. A pretty good protein snack to have around. And, Low fat, high protein. Yeah. No. Yeah. And and Mark, one of the one of my thoughts is like, okay, not okay. And we said this last week too. Not everybody gets to stay home. Like, and and if you're out there and you're in healthcare and you're working and you're in the public, listen, we appreciate what you're doing out there. I don't. I never want to give any indication that we're somehow favoring those folks that get to get home or make light of the sacrifice that. Our folks who go out and are working in the public and spending time helping the public and in healthcare, I mean, you guys are really the heroes through all this. So I don't, I don't want to make any light of that. But there are a bunch of people at home at this point who, you know, I'm kind of thinking this is where I'm at. I'm kind of in lockdown. And I, the other day I was thinking like, I could easily put something on in the morning and and you know monitor it throughout the day, right? And then get six or seven hours on the smoker, right, Mike? That's how I've been doing it. I mean, this has been so this past week leading up to. Uh, when you asked me about last week's episode, I answered about this week's. I was talking about how, you know, being quarantined to home. Uh, so I was prepping for this week. I'm like, you know what? We got a barbecue all week. So we did. We did uh, We did a roast. Um, we did pulled pork. What else did we do? Um, I can't remember what else. We, we did three different cooks all week. And it's the same. Th- but yeah, you're right. It's being able to stay at home, be able to monitor it, uh, you know, and, and, and just enjoy the smell yeah. really is my big yeah. thing i love being able to like okay boys let's go outside for a little bit go outside just uh just breathe it in there's nothing better and it fills the neighborhood because i can always tell when my neighbors are smoking because that smell just wafts around there's nothing better than that that's that uh smell first of all it's the wood you know it's an early cook if you just smell the wood and then as that meat flavor starts to get in you know they're getting closer you're like hey i'm gonna head over to that neighbor's house because they've got something good on the grill when that pork shoulder was done on uh I'm just moving over to it on 
Sunday. Yeah. So when the pork shoulder done on Sunday, you couldn't, when you woke up in the morning, it went on at 11 o'clock at night. Um, at eight o'clock in the morning, we still smelled wood. We didn't smell uh, smoke. It didn't smell the meat yet. We still smelled the smoke at about 11 o'clock. So about 12 hours in, we started smelling the, the, the pork smell coming off the meat. Yeah. Um, oh, there's nothing better. No. And, so- and the other good part about being home too, is you get to let it. So this was the first time I was telling you guys pre-show, um, you know, usually I'm cooking for an event and I have not been good. I have not learned from Mark in cooking ahead of time. Cause I never know how to, how do I keep this hot, but not put it in the fridge and let it get cold. So I've always cooked like right up to the point where we're going to eat. And usually for me, that means rushing at the end, right? Cr- cranking up the temp, rushing at the end. So this last pork, but I did just uh, the other night, I let it go because I'm going to be home anyway. I let it just ride. And that took 16 hours, something that I probably rush into 12, 13 hours. It ran for 16, actually almost 16 and a half hours, just staying on 225 the entire time. Let it go till it 203 is my temp that I like for our pulled pork. And uh, it made the world of difference. And I'm talking massive difference. Hannah was like, what did you do differently? This is the texture, the consistency, everything. I'm like, honestly, it was just not rushing at the end, letting it go all the way and really letting it hit 203. Honestly, not like, eh, it's like 195. I'm going to pull it. That's a huge difference. It's yeah. a that eight degrees. Yeah. You think, okay, what's yeah. between 195 and 203? Yeah. 203 throughout the entire cut of meat made the biggest difference. That stuff, I didn't even need my, like, I call them, what do you call them? The, the, uh, the claws. The claws. I didn't need the claws. I put on my gloves and I just pulled it apart and it was just, yeah. didn't even need the, when you don't need those, there's a huge difference. So, uh, yeah, I've learned a lot just from having the time to honestly devote. Cause I, that's the one thing I've always struggled with with barbecue is I struggle to have the time, uh, but when you have it, man, does that make a difference? And is it delicious? Do it the opposite way. Finish it. So it finishes at noon and let it sit and wrapped in a cooler for five hours. That's what this, so that's what this was. Yeah, okay. actually it finished, um, it finished at 10 AM and yeah. we didn't eat it till at night. So I put it in a cooler from 10 AM to 4 PM. Uh, yep. and then I pulled it out and pulled it and maybe that was the difference too. That's maybe letting difference. it set for that long. Is that the difference? Yeah. We did one, one time New Year's Eve. Um, I, I have my timing all screwed up. So the thing, instead of being done at like 11 o'clock in the morning, got done at five o'clock in the morning. So it was minus 30 out. I'm pulling this freaking, uh, pork shoulder off the barbecue my pajamas at five o'clock in the morning wrap it up in a in a foil put it in the cooler we drove two hours that day in minus 30 weather so we wrapped it at five o'clock in the morning we had it for lunch at one o'clock and the thing just fell apart it was just it was still 160 degrees seven hours later and so you didn't pull it. You just wrapped it tin foil, wrapped it yep. in a towel, put it in the cooler, yep. drove, and then pulled it. Once you, yeah, I think that was the difference because yeah. it was yeah. the most tender, fall off the bone, uh, just just a tad of pink, which I think I had way too much pink in my previous cooks. Um, I almost want to apologize to anyone who came to my house for the first two years that I was going to smoke and be like, please, will you give me another shot? Like, come over one more time. I promise my ribs won't be dead dry. My pulled pork will be way better because, you know, you're really excited when you first get a smoke. You're like, oh, come on over. I made a pork butt. It's really good. You start inviting people over. And then like two years, three, I might be three years in now. You're like, oh, God, I feel so bad for those people who ate my first like round of pork. I learned so uh, much. You do. You learn. And I get Mark, honestly, from you, your recipes and your pictures that you post, things like that. I learned from that. I 
I've been doing a lot more Google foo, right? And then it's it there's just nothing that can replace practice. No. How how many have you done on your grill? You and no can, stress. And barbecue exactly. is a no stress. Yeah. Yes. And and how many have you been able to do? Because you can Google and you can know, you can have all the data. Everyone's grill is different, everyone's time's different, knowing how to do it, knowing how your you know, knowing what to look for in your meat. Uh, is it's just it, it takes so much time. I think in ten years from now, I'll have a whole nother level of like, oh wow, I had no idea what I was doing three years in. Yeah, like I I got to the point now where I I want to try and have the meat done early to mid afternoon. So I'll figure out the the outside end of that time window and plan that for two o'clock in the afternoon for six p.m. dinner. So if it's done at ten o'clock in the morning, I don't care. You wrap it up. If it doesn't matter if it's pulled pork or brisket. We did ribs the other day and they were done in three and a half hours because you never know. The thing about barbecue is it's done when it's done. Right. Yeah. So I, I could have left the, uh, I think the ribs are right, yeah, right there. Yeah, right there. Yeah. Um, I could have left those on longer. Those were pulled them out of the freezer, letting the frost uh, overnight, um, sprinkle them with um, Suckle Busters SPG and throw them on. And they were done in three and a half hours. We wrapped them up. We sat in the counter for a couple hours, and then we ate them for dinner. And they're still warm when we ate them, and they were juicy and tender and fall apart. And I, I think and that's the hard part too is getting to the point where you're at, Mark, where you know, okay, they've been on for three hours. I don't care. I know that they're done. I'm going to pull them off. Whereas me, I struggle with that still. I'm like I still do my three, two, one. Now my one at the end, I know is totally optional, right? After the three, two, usually I'm like, okay, after I've wrapped them for two hours, they can probably come off. But I've ended up with some very overdone ribs. Extremely. I never wrap. You don't. Okay. So I, I do never three, wrap. three, three straight on, yeah. two wrapped. And then I usually do one hour open depending on if they need it. And all my ribs, I'll be honest, I haven't perfected ribs. They always end up a little bit on the dry side. Uh, so still my, good. But my recipe dry. is, my recipe is you throw them on at, whatever temperature you want, like 180, 200, 225, whatever, some more smoking temperature, right? Yeah. You cook them until you grab them with a pair of tongs, you bend them, and they break. When you start seeing that meat break when you bend them, they're done. Got it. So, you, so no you, wrap, you're just no, open, no wrap, anything. Just keep them on the whole time. Yeah. They're, they're not much harder to do than pork butt. The only hard part is figuring out when they're done. And if you want to sauce them, you sauce them about half an hour before you start getting their breakage. So you got to figure out when they're starting to break, but not at the breaking point yet. Do you ever end up with really dark black unders? So like when no. I put them on, I feel like my first two hours, for some reason, even though I'm on indirect heat, and I think I fixed this. We'll talk about this later. Quick tip for uh, fixing a pellet grill when your temperatures are way off. But my my bottoms, when I put them uh, rib side, bone side down, just charred almost and the top is just now finishing up hmm. that so, almost so sounds like need... you're missing the you're missing one of those deflect like yeah. the traeger grill and the Rectech i have both have a they have a plate over top of the fire pot and then they had the drip pan on top of that so yep. there's two layers of diffusion it almost sounds like you're missing one of those layers yeah i'm not yeah i have i have actually and mine has so mine has the fire pot it has the box over top of that the drip pan and my drip pan is two pieces and you can slide it to allow direct heat or indirect heat. So yep. it opens up the hordes and closes them. So it's two pieces of steel in there, whatever, or whatever it's made out yep. of. Um, and, and yeah, it's just, it's caused, I think I fixed it since then. I have not tried a rack of ribs since I fixed. So here, I'll, this is a perfect time to interject it. Um, my grill, for some reason, my, I use a green mountain grill, same as a Traeger, essentially just a different brand of pellet grill. 
Um, what I did not know was I am, I am meticulous about cleaning that thing out, right? Going in, cleaning out the firebox. They say to do it every one to two bags. I, I do it about every bag, vacuum out that firebox, load it up with some, some new pellets, things like that. Uh, what I did not know was how important it is for that firebox. So when you put your little box over the, uh, what do you call it? The pot, right? The fire the pot. Yeah. The fire deflector pot. over the fire pot. The deflector over the fire pot. Uh, at least on the green mountains. I don't know if Traeger runs the same way, but there's this little box that you put over that. There is a very precise measurement that you need to do from side to side because it deflects the smoke a certain way. And what that affects is your temperature, your thermostat in your grill that says, hey, the grill is this temp, so I'm good. I don't need to turn on the fan. Or, hey, the grill's a little cool. I need to turn on the fan. Well, the way I had it set, I just threw it in there. I had no idea that had any impact on it. I threw it in. I had it way too far to the left, which cranked the smoke to the right away from the thermostat. So my grill thought it was always under temp. So it was cranking. And so even though my grill thought it was 225, I realized it was like 325, almost 100 degrees hotter because it wasn't sensing all that heat because the heat was going straight to the right. And the right is where my smokestack is, right up the stack and out the grill, never hitting the thermostat. So the thermostat didn't realize it was that hot. So there are certain things in there. And I think that's why, honestly, I was charring some of those things because I think the temperature inside the grill uh, was a little bit hotter had I been using a thermostat that would have known the grill temp versus the meat temp, I would have known. Uh, but until then, I really, I really hadn't been using that in this season with the new problem. So just a little tip uh, for a grill, if you are a Green Mountain Grill user, and you're, if you're a Jim Bowie Green Mountain Grill user, it's 9.25 inches. You need to have that thing from the left. I mean, it's it's that precise so that they know, hey, if you have a 9.25, you're, that's going to pick up the correct temp. So kind of interesting. I don't know, Mark, if you've run into anything weird like that, that you didn't realize, but I thought my grill was completely broken. And when I called Green Mountain Grill, they walked me through that. We, we fired it up. Sure enough, it um, picked up the right temps and it was fine. The only thing I noticed is on the Rectech has no problems at all with it. Um, that's... Out of all, bang for the buck, that grill is, is built better than anything I've seen. Uh, everything on it is heavy duty, stainless steel, doesn't hasn't warped. It's the one I have. I bought used. It had five years of competition on it before I got it, and I've had it for three or four years. And the, the thing is just a tank. The Traeger, where the RTD is to pick up the temperature. Um, one trick I've run for about three years is you put a folded up uh, paper towel roll behind it. So it doesn't get doesn't pick up the temperature of the metal behind it. It just picks up the actual temperature of the heat of the of the uh, chamber. Um, the other thing is when you're measuring temperature, you want to do it. You want to put your thermometer close to the tip of the RTD that the uh, your grill is using. So that you're if you're trying to see if it's close or not, you got to measure it from the same spot that it's actually using it from. Right. Because depending where you put it, if you're doing grill level, if you're six inches higher than grill level, if you're near the fire bot, not near the fire bot you're going to get a variation of 25 or 30 degrees. That's uh, true. Yeah, because I know that now when I put, so I use the meter, M-E-A-T-R. Yeah, the, the wireless thing. The wireless one. Yeah, love that. But um, it's great because it's wireless. But I know that, I mean, the 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 ambient is what they call it, the ambient temp that's picking up from right outside the meat. It's going to be less than what my grill is set at because that's obviously way higher because I stick mine straight on top, sometimes to the side, 
straight on top. And usually I'm middle to right where my thermostat's on the left. And at, at first, if you don't think of this through, it makes you go crazy. Like, why is my ambient saying it's 212 when my grill set at 225? Well, it's because it's, it's away to the it's right and place. up. It's not in yeah. the same spot as, as where it would be. You know, one of, the, one of the things I think it's really important is you guys are talking specs on individual, you know, devices, and they all are different. Even similar products set up a little bit different, Mike. You, you kind of learned this. Even similar products set up either incorrectly or a little bit different can cause different results. I think for me, the key has been to know my gear. So to yes. use it enough, Mark, you've in the shows in the past, you know, you're, you're still trying to get me on a Weber to do charcoal. We, we thought you send me prices all the time. In fact, you know, the prices better in Bellevue than I do. And I'm going to, I'm going to eventually get there, but I have been focusing on, you know, I have a 1997 sunbeam grill that I have retrofitted with, with, I have a cast iron burner and I have deflectors in there that basically make it kind of a, it gives me the ability to control the temperature in there much better than when it was just an open grill. Right. And so it's it's still kind of focused. It kind of still works as a grill, but it really is a better smoker than anything else. I've kind of made it a smoker, right? I use Mike uh, Howard got me using the the tube. What do we call those? Mark? Amazing smoking tube. The amazing smoking tubes that are in there. I've got a bucket, uh, uh, you know, five gallon bucket with a lid that's got hickory um, pellets in there that I just fill that thing up with and throw it on the grill. Mike taught me to get that started. I was burning that thing up in about an hour. <laughs> He's like, no, 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 no. That thing should last you five, four, five, six hours, right? So all that stuff I needed practice on, and I needed to learn my grill. Like I needed to learn how does my grill work? I think I can make great stuff. I made pork shoulder for my wife's birthday just a month ago, which feels like about 10 years ago, just to be honest. We had pork shoulder um, because of all the pork shoulder we've talked about here on the show. And, um, and I made it on the grill in seven hours. And, and it, it was good. I wish now, now, now that I know, God, I need to wrap that thing. Like I need to start it even earlier so I can wrap it for three hours. That's my takeaway from you guys tonight. Right. But Mark, I think the key on all this and Mike, I hear what you're saying is you got to practice some of this stuff. You got to, you got to be willing to go out and give it a try. Right. You got to, you're going to make a few mistakes, right? Mark, you, I'm sure you've made a few <laughs> yeah, mistakes. Right. We've had bombs. We've had some that were, like and we had people over and like, yeah, I'm gonna do ribs, and all of a sudden they're not good. Or yeah. we entered the rib contest one time in our neighborhood and went to Costco one week, got ribs, and it was three racks. Went to Costco another week, got ribs. It was two racks for the same weight, so the ribs were significantly meatier. Right, right. It was taking me eight hours to get baby backs done, which typically four, right. and the contest is at seven. I'm like, yeah, no problem. I got plenty of time, yeah. and I'm cranking up temperature and cranking up, <laughs> trying to get the thing going faster and faster. Because it was meat done when it's done. You can't rush it. Well, and what you've taught me, Mark, over the years, and I have learned like every time we have you on, every year we do this, I learn something new is, is this, is that there's not a big difference between grilling and smoking in the sense of using the grill. It's really the heat, the amount of heat you use and the length of time that it's on there. And, and low and slow has been, man, that has been a revolution for me in my own cooking. In other words, giving it more time, putting the meat on, even when I cook turkeys now for Thanksgiving or whatever, I want to give that thing just as much time as I can and get it at the lowest possible temperature I can within reason to let that thing just sit and, and cook. Not a difference necessarily in the, in the, um, in the contraption I used, same grill. 
you know, when I cooked it in three hours, when I used to cook a turkey in three hours, and now I'm shooting for like five, if I can, maybe six. And now I'm thinking, you know, I'm going to start like, I'm going to get up at two, <laughs> let that thing go for seven, wrap it up and let it sit for two, right? That way. And just let that meat continue to kind of cook off the bone. So it just falls off, right? So don't get confused. Don't get confused. Grilling and smoking aren't all that different in the sense, I mean, if you're going to smoke it and you want to have smoke flavor, you got to get something to, in there to kind of create the smoke. But I could do this without smoke, right? I could low and slow in the oven if I wanted to, Mark. Yep. Yeah. Well, uh, everybody does, or a lot of people do um, crock pot pulled beef or po crock pot pulled pork. Um, the difference between doing crock pot pulled pork and doing pulled pork in the grill is all the fat that comes out of the pulled pork in the crock pot is what it soaks in. Yeah. You do it on the grill, it all falls off. That's the biggest difference between doing better, it in the oven. So better or worse, or what? what I don't what, like it in the yeah. crock pot. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, even doing what Mike said, doing it at one ninety five to two hundred three. I took a cooking class one time from a guy that I respect. He, he's a, a champion winning um, barbecue competitor. He does his pulled pork to, to one ninety five, and then he pulls it all apart, and he's pulling chunks of fat out that haven't rendered yet. And he says, "Well, this is part of the reason why you do it at one ninety five. You can pull these out, and he's discarding them for the competition." But if you ever go to a Kansas City Barbecue Society judging school, they'll actually say you don't want to eat the, the food you get served as a judge. You don't want to eat that every day as barbecue. It's too much. It's too rich. It's too, um, that was just a, a steak picture. It's too rich. It's too flavorful. It's too over the top. Um, if it's everyday food, you don't want it like that. Yeah. So he, he does his to 195 and pulls out the fat pieces. I cook mine to 205 and all the fat renders out. Right. Mm -hmm. So my pulled pork on that picture at the end that picture there that pork is really lean there's almost no fat in it by the time you're done like if you, you can empty out that lasagna pan and there's not a lot of grease sitting in the bottom yeah. of it you're letting Most it on the grill you're letting the fat drip into the burner right at this point you're not cooking well, pan. In a, onto you a drip pan. It in a pan well it, it, it drops onto a drip pan right but so the way the smoke the pellet grills work is it is a grill Right. And then there's a drip pan and then there's a heat deflector underneath that. So all the grease runs off the drip pan to the end and into a bucket. Yeah. In in and my grill, so I have a traditional uh, sunbeam that's got kind of the grilling surface on the bottom and then it's got a second layer on the top. I could put that pork shoulder or whatever on the very top level and put a drip pan underneath it, right? And then get that thing up to, in, in my case, I set it all the way, almost not quite all the way down, but to the very lowest setting. I, I have a Wi-Fi or I have a Bluetooth thermometer as well that I put in there and it and kind of tested some various things. So I kind of know, okay, this is the best temperature to kind of have it at, but I could do it that way. Right. If, if I didn't have a traditional smoker, um, I, I could put it that way and let it drip right into the pan underneath. I never thought of doing that, but that'd work, right? You could do that. Or you could actually put a, a uh, like a steel casserole pan with a, um, a cookie sheet, not a cookie sheet, one of those, uh, cooling trays. Mm. Like, you know, the grill, the yep. metal grills, yep. put that on, put the pork on top of that. Then you have another layer of heat deflection between your pork and your, that's a good idea. And gets well, it just a little bit off the grill and idea. all the juices fall into the pan. It's a great idea. Cause my pork butt and I'm done. I lift it off. There's actually a whole layer of fat on sticks to the grate that I, like it pulls off that entire bottom layer of fat that the, the thick part that obviously hasn't rendered down. And, uh, he, he, Mark's here to give you the advanced tips. I'm here to give you the rookie tips. <laughs>
if you're on a pellet smoker, lay some tinfoil down yes. on your on your drip trays because I I just started doing that, Mark. I don't know if you believe. Like I just I ordered new trays for this year because I'm like, you know what? I'm so sick. These things are disgusting. They're so hard to clean. Grease from that stuff is just stuff to clean off. I started just lay. I've so on all the smokes I've done this year, I've had just tinfoil laid down. It can last one or two smokes, depending on how, and maybe even more. I don't know. I did one or two. And just pull it off, and your your trays look new. Words doesn't make any difference on the cook. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't affect it on your on your drip trays on your whatever. You, Mark, what, what's the official form? Which I call one? them drip trays. But, uh, uh, the, a, drip, a, a drip pan. I I, I use the the a drip uh, pan. Yeah. I use the Reynolds uh, heavy duty sorry Alcan heavy duty aluminum foil. Yep, another well. tip. It's nice and thick, and you just roll it out. Wide, yes, that's the best part about it. It's wide. You just throw it out, do it, and uh, it it doesn't. Aff- I was always worried that was going to affect the heat. I'm blocking all the heat from coming up. No, it doesn't. No. Like, and it just saves you from buying new new uh, trays, and it just saves you the cleanup. It's so quick and easy. Uh, I I can't believe for the last three years I have not been doing that. Another tip is to actually use multiple layers of it. So when you get one layer done, you rip that layer off and you just replace it and you always have a fresh pan. Oh, you blew my mind, Mark. That's genius. Like, I, I can't <laughs> believe I hadn't thought of that. Um, now Brian, tomorrow morning, I'll be out there laying multiple layers of tinfoil down on my smoker. Brian says he does crockpot pulled pork, but have a stone block to drain the fat away from the meat. That makes Ooh. sense too. Yeah, it's a good. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting. No, I think there's some good. Again, I think this is one of those things where it takes some. It just takes some practice, and there's no wrong answer on this, right? And one of the things is, you know, I want to emphasize again: some of these cuts of meat can be very economical. If you're going for the fashionable stuff, well, that's going to be more expensive. But if you're going for the cuts of meat that aren't as popular right now, you may go and go to your local meat market. Like just kind of there, every city, just about every city has kind of a meat market in it or something, a store that specializes it and see what's economical. And then go back on the internet and say, okay, how are people cooking this? Cause there will be YouTube videos, right? Of how people are cooking the, the, this meat and, and it will allow you, you know, for a lot of folks, this is just an, a tough economical time. Doesn't mean you need to settle for crap. Like you can really still get some good stuff. We just came off Easter, and I don't know if you guys got it, but every Easter we get prime rib on sale for like six bucks a pound. Instead of sixteen or twenty bucks a pound, it's six bucks a pound. Right after, right, right after Easter. Uh, just for, that? for Easter, we get oh, it for okay. Easter. Okay. So this was a like a three pound single bone prime rib roast that we cooked like a steak. So we reverse seared it. So I smoked it for, I want to say an hour and a half. The gut at the inside temperature is like 120 degrees. And then I put it caveman style on the coals just to finish the outside of it. And then we sliced it up as slices. And it lasted us. So a three pound lasted us, I think, six meals. It was six place, uh, six servings. Yeah. So that was, oh, so $15 with meat Canadian for six meals. Yeah. And, and, and what that meal right there that you're showing on screen would cost as to go out to like a restaurant and have. Oh, looks it's delicious. 30 or $40 a plate. Yeah, exactly. Looks amazing. Yeah. I mean, that's why we've done it. I mean, our, our $13, $14 pulled pork, uh, pork shoulder is what I buy. Yeah. My, so I smoked that the other night. My wife and I and the, my two boys, my boys are little, mind you, two and three years old. Uh, we ate an eighth of it 
So that would last eight meals for four people, and we're not even doing it. For, I'm at home eating it for lunch and dinner, but they're not uh, right there. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, you'd be amazed how much meat you get off of yeah. fourteen dollar in America in Omaha, Nebraska. Um, well, that, that's a shoulders. large. That's a large lasagna pan, and the two pork shoulders filled it to overflowing. So we had a meal for two. There's only two of us in the house, so we had a meal for the first night. We had a meal the second night. My wife made an Asian noodle meal with it last night. I had it again for lunch today. Yeah. And then she packaged everything up in half pound bags and put them in the freezer. And yeah. we have another, I want to say eight meals out of it, 10 meals out of it. Yeah. And, and that I would call, I don't know, Mark, if you agree, I think the pork shoulder is probably like the intro easiest, best thing to cook yes. if you are first smoking. Put it on. Let it go. Put a thermometer in there. When it hits whatever temperature we prefer, I prefer 203. I think Mark said 205. Uh, pull it off. Like you can get fancy with it. You can spray it with apple salt or uh, apple juice. You can do a bunch of stuff. But I don't do anything. I don't I either. It, I put it on there. Let it go. And it tastes it. amazing. Right? You rub it down, and then once you put it on, easiest thing you'll ever cook. Best way to impress your wife with your new expensive smoker purchase. Make her a pork butt because then she's like, oh, man, that was so worth the money you just spent on that new grill. And then you can buy another one. I'm still working on that point, Mark. I need to get some tips from you on how to convince the wife I need a second one. So you don't tell her. You just buy it. Let's talk okay. through this. Let's talk through this really quick because this is one of the things I've been learning, right? So pick up pork shoulder. We had two the last time we did this. I put a dry rub on it. Mark, what do you, what do you like when you're prepping it? I just kind of use salt and pepper and some garlic and some onion powder and you know, kind of just i went to the spice cabinet and picked out things that i thought were good but when you think about a dry rub for a pork shoulder what would you what would you throw on it there's a recipe called magic dust and it is the um, and if you don't speak canadian he said magic dust sorry <laughs> just sorry <laughs> yeah it's canadian too if, if you, you didn't understand that he said sorry <laughs> boot <laughs> There you go. Magic dust barbecue <laughs> oh, seasoning. That. Just Google that. And that is a phenomenal, basic homemade barbecue rub. So just slather the, the, the ribs or the pork shoulder mustard. Yes. Put that over top of the stuff. Let it sit there for a night. Put it on next day. And some people, I mean, even have like, they question like mustard, like what? It's a binding agent. That's all it is. You will not taste the mustard. Mustard is literally just a little bit goes a long way. Yeah. Squirt some mustard, like it. Like rub it, it down in your, with your hands, right? Rub the whole pork butt down, sprinkle this magic dust barbecue seasoning, or you know what? If you want to make it easier, go to your just local store and get some sort of uh, rub. I use, I go to, there's a place in Omaha called the hub helping you barbecue. This guy is a professional, world-class smoker. He has the best stuff. And I just, I'm like, you know what? It's it's easier for me to go there and trust him. And he always is suggesting recipes for me. When I go in there, it's more of a lesson in how to smoke something new than it really is me buying anything. I just go in there to buy stuff to support the guy because he gives me so many awesome recipes. Um, Here's so another rub one that I down like. and then put it on there and go. Stucco Busters is pretty good. That's what we did last time. Um they have one called SPG that I put on my pork ribs last yeah. time. And they're phenomenal. Yeah, you I put like it on that. my. You've said that, that before. You've yeah. said that before. Yeah. Beef and pork yeah. is fantastic, but I used their pork rib. Actually, it's SPGs right there. Um, Mark, do you rub your ribs down with mustard too? I usually just go straight. Um, I don't. I don't do the binding agent on, on ribs. Should I? I do. Well, 
first let's get the skin skin no skin issue out of the way. You need to take the back skin off. You pull the skin off, and the secret yes. to pulling skin off of ribs is you use a piece of paper towel. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, whoa. Okay, so I have I have the oh, hardest time getting that back thing off. It does not come off easy for me. Okay, Maybe I'm so, getting bad cuts of meat from uh, High V, which I probably am. I haven't invested in nice ribs lately, but uh, I cannot get that that back skin off. Mike, if you want to see a good video, so Stephen Reichlin does a, he has a couple videos on ribs, and just just you know Google them on on YouTube. Just go out and search on YouTube Stephen Reichlin, and he will show you. Go in there, grab like like Mark said, grab that paper towel. It'll just pull that right off. Man, that would save you me can, so much time. I spent can, so much time trying to get that that skin off. You can ask the butcher to do it too. If you're in a it's, if you're in a meat place, okay. you can ask them to take it off. But so, it's amazing you know, how many people. I uh, to start off didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, you yeah, buy yeah. ribs. You think I just put these on the smoker? I just do it. Make sure you're pulling off that back skin. It's on the bone side if you guys haven't right. done it before. Right. And, and you're pulling off this almost layer of skin that will end up super crusty and disgusting after you've smoked it. Uh, so it's definitely important to get off. By the way, I think mustard is the best kept secret in, in grilling in a lot of ways. It adds such a unique flavor to a lot of the things that you're doing. And, and it's just not a bad – it's just not a bad thing to start with. But, okay, hold on. Let's go back. So dry rub, so pork shoulder. Yeah, so dry rub. Back one second further. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. If I'm doing ribs, if I use something like magic dust, I'll use mustard as a base. Okay. If I'm using SPG, I don't. I just okay. with SPG, I just sprinkle it right on the ribs, and I was done. Yeah. What's the so, difference there? It's a flavor profile. There is okay. a bit of a flavor that comes from the, the mustard is tangy. Uh, salt, pepper, garlic isn't tangy, so I don't tend to put them on it. But then yes. with the salt, pepper, garlic, I sprinkle. I sort of splash it with lemon juice before I serve them. So you got salt, pepper, garlic, and a bit of lemon juice on the ribs when you're serving them that way. Um, but if I'm doing like a, a, a traditional style rub with ribs, I'll put mustard on them. Um, so Magic Dust, that was the first stuff I ever made. Um, you can see from the ingredients, it's got a it's got a fairly simple list of ingredients. Paprika, salt, sugar, mustard powder, which can make it hotter or less hot. Chili powder, cumin, black pepper, granulated garlic, and cayenne. Uh, real simple. Use those ratios, put them in a shaker, and, and you're good to go. Um, and it keeps for a while. So rub it down with mustard, rub it down with the rub, let it sit there overnight, throw it in the smoker next day. And, and I think a lot of people are familiar with mustard, that yellow mustard. We're talking a little, little bit about chat. You know, the cheapest yellow mustard. You get. The French's mustard. That's not what we're talking. Like, this is mustard decent. powder. This is English yeah, mustard powder. Let me just say this though. Oh like, shoot! You Wait, can do mustard. Seriously, I've been doing this wrong the entire time. You well, cannot... no, the, the rub is yellow mustard, but okay. the mustard powder here is is King's mustard. Can you arrest me? Got it. Okay, just making sure that the binding agent was still our standard yellow cheap mustard. Yes, got it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, but but Mike, I would say I would say the better quality mustard you can get, even for the binder. The, the better flavor you're going to get. Like I'm a, I'm a, I think it changes things. And that, that yellow kind of the cheap yellow mustard is not, does not taste very good to me. I'm not a big fan of it, but we've gotten some more expensive, some just better flavored mustards. And we do it kind of with our fish and some of those other things. And man, grilling that with low and slow with that kind of mustard. Wow. I mean, if you ever, I think if you ever want to add instant flavor to something, just get a really good mustard and put it on there. And this is pre. 
Like this is pre with it. Not I'm not talking about squirting it on your hot dog when you're done. That's a whole different thing. I'm talking about on the pre grill. Okay. So we got some dry rubs. We got some things, Mark. We've we've now covered this with something. Do I have to? If I had a pork shoulder, could I could I just throw that thing on there? Or do yeah. is do I really do I really need a dry rub to 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 make it work? I've never honestly tried roasting a, a roast or pork shoulder with no rub. Yeah, yeah. No, I know you. you I know you don't. But could you? I don't know. I'm, okay. it, it, the other thing about barbecue is it's always fun to experiment, right? Yeah. You could yeah. always grab, like, uh, for some reason right now, we seem to be getting them as sort of two roasts instead of one larger one. Yeah. So next time, just grab two of them and, and uh, yeah. coat one and yeah. don't coat yeah. the other. Don't, and, don't. and that's the one thing I'll say. Mark said something really important way on early in the show, which was uh, barbecue is meant to make really tough, cheap cuts of meat really good, right? Because low and slow kind of tenderize them, makes it taste really good. That's the best part about barbecue. You reach the temp you're supposed to reach. Uh, the lower, the slower, probably the probably the more tender and better it's going to be. Experiment uh, to your heart's desire with that. Uh, number one, that ends up with bad cooks like I've done, right? Sometimes it's bad. And do them for yourself. Do them for yourself and your wife where your wife will just laugh at you and make fun of you for something like that. And But, but with that, I think you'll get a lot better. Once I started getting a lot less, um, I was so uppity about smoking like oh this, is, this has got to be really good once i got used to well hey this might not turn out it ended up a lot better because the experimentation i think mark i don't know for you has been probably the best learning process for me and how certain stuff tastes I, i've tried so many different variations on um abt's or, or stuffed jalapenos or atomic buffalo turds whatever you want to call them um <laughs> atomic I, buffalo turds is my favorite i've never heard that but that's awesome you never had those <laughs> i've never heard that no no, I haven't. They're they're half jalapenos that you stuff with cream cheese and cheddar cheese and spices and sausage and then wrap them in bacon and put them on until the sausage is crisp. That sounds so good. So I've tried that with that recipe. I've tried it with um, pepperette sticks in it. I've tried it with chocolate and peanut butter. I've tried it with cream cheese and steak. Um, and it's just a, it's just. You play around with it. You just have fun with it. I tried yeah. doing it with habaneros instead of jalapenos. Uh, it's just, you try. So I tried it out with parmesan and pepperettes. That was a different one too. This is how you get to Mark's level: is you experiment. <laughs> you play. You no keep... one, no one's ending up with the pictures he has here no. that you're seeing on screen yeah. without experimenting a little bit and knowing what works and what doesn't. I did. I bought some extra thick cut bacon the other day. I mean, like super thick, like like eight strips in a pack. Like the whole <laughs> like, pig was there. Basically the pork belly. <laughs> yeah. right? It was basically the pork belly. And um, so I took the frog mats. This is something Mike Coward had me buy a couple years ago, right? These silicon frog mats, you know, they're they're kind of they're kind of gridded, you know, about a half inch by a half inch. You can throw them on your grill, you can cook fish on them or vegetables or whatever. And I just took um, so I put the mat down and then I took a uh, a piece of tin foil and made a little boat, like a little flat boat, just brought the corners up. And you know how you bake, how you bake bacon in the oven for forty five minutes, and it gets it stays really flat and really crisp, and it's a great way to do it. And the fat just kind of lives in that. We do it in a in a cookie sheet, and then we put tin foil on it, so we don't have to, you know, we can get that grease out of there. Did that on the grill in those frog mats, and oh man, that was great. Still about the same time, thirty five forty minutes. Really? What temperature? Uh, pretty high, pretty high. Okay, so we're at three three twenty five. Sounds really good. And yeah, you're I'm laying like, the cookie street 
cookie sheet yeah. just straight on the grill. Straight on. I'm just laying them. I'm, okay. It's on a frog mat on a on a tin foil kind of boat, so to speak. It's you know I bring the edges up right. to keep the bacon grease from dripping off and catching fire. But oh my god, it was so good. My neighbors were just. I was driving them nuts. They're like, "What are you cooking over there?" Mike, you got to try doing bacon on your on your uh, Green Mountain. I I do. I've never done it. Okay, so so. What Jim said, Mark, you'll take it. Like, compare it on my Green Mountain. Anything I need to do differently than what he did? Put it on the grill. Because we have a drip pan, you just put it on the grill and let the let the grease run off of it. Because there's not going to be any flame up. Right. There's not flame up. Right. You want to take it one step further. And what temperature are you usually doing at that, Mark? On, on the, I'm trying on to remember if I'm cook if I'm cooking like uh, the ABTs. I'm cooking around 250. If I do Scotch eggs, I do the same thing. So I do Scotch eggs, which are hard-boiled egg wrapped in sausage meat, wrapped in bacon, and then smoked. It's it pretty much turns into to, <laughs> I mean, jerky at that point, right? If you did it it's, long it, enough, it almost be thin slices it's about an of hour. jerky. It's about an, yeah, it's about, yeah, well, it, it turns wonderful and crispy and smoky. I'm making breakfast tomorrow. It's it's I need to go to oh, I'll go to High V. They're 24 hours still. I'll go there after the show. I'm like, you're gonna go if you're gonna go there. You got to do. Are they still trying to find them? Well, because okay, Mark, we can't we can't get past this show, and I I actually sadly have a hard stop tonight in about seven minutes. But yeah. I want to hear about your other okay. Besides meat, you have done potatoes. You have done so much other stuff. Tell us about some of your other cooks that have. I mean, your potato mix maybe that has meat in it, but it looks so good. What other things can we do with the smoker besides just our traditional meats that we always know about? I'm trying to find. There it is, right there. I see the advertisements, by the way, for like Green Mountain, Traeger, and they have like, they have all sorts of stuff in their grill when they open. I'm like, okay, honestly, I've never cooked anything besides meat in my, in my smoker. We've done, well, if I'm going to do higher heat stuff, I use, I typically use my, my Weber. I don't usually my, use my smoker for the other stuff. You can do it, but, okay. but we've done bread. We've done cookies. Um, this was a, a potato and veggie bake. So it had uh, Oktoberfest sausage, potatoes, carrots, onions. Um, olive oil, put it on there for like an hour and that was it. It was like, my wife right now isn't working. She's off because of COVID. So I am still working. So it's sort of the opposite of gym where she's at home all the time making stuff. So now she looks after dinner, but then it comes to the barbecue side. I actually go upstairs and do it. Yeah. Um, but this was something that she prepped. I came upstairs and tossed it in the smoker and, and we had it, uh, like an hour and 10 minutes, I think to cook it, um, at three seventy-five. Um, Looks but, delicious. And, and by the way, let me let me just say this: There's some conversation going on about our arteries right now in the chat room, and and I appreciate that. But by the way, you can do this straight vegetarian. So the other night we did some zucchini and onions. You can throw some carrots in there, roast the potatoes, put it on the grill, add some you know add some thyme or some you know whatever you like parsley. Put that on there and let that let those vegetables, especially like maybe on one of those frog mats, make sure your onions are, are good size. You don't want to get them too thin because they'll fall in. Man, you can get maybe add a little bit of olive oil to that. You can grill or, or yeah, you can grill or even smoke vegetables and still have a really good meal. The, the pulled so. pork and the brisket are, are, sorry, pulled pork and the jerky are very lean. Right. Right, because you've rendered all the fat out of it. You rendered all the fat out. But there is ways to do this, Mark. I mean, for for folks who want to eat a little healthier, or at least the appearance that they're eating healthier, 
You, we do almost all of our bell peppers. We do all our yep. zucchini. We do our onions. Smoked us, salsa. Take. We have that pampered chef tool that will that will dice for you. You know, get a couple get a couple things of garlic and put those in and spread that in there. Yeah, and like we, yeah. And we get we Broccoli. get more than just red meat on our plates too. Like there's right. some fresh veggies and some potatoes. Right. <laughs> well, it's funny you joke about that. That's been the joke between my wife and I. She's like, you do a really good job making great meat. I really wish you could take care of the sides as well. Yeah. Like, because I'm always like, okay, I made the meat. I'm done. And she's like, okay, what do I make for the sides? Like potatoes or whatever. So learning how to do all that stuff. If I could find easy recipes for that sort of yeah. things, that would be huge for my meal prep and, and eliminating really hurting. Cause my whole goal of barbecuing is saying, babe, like take the night off from cooking. Like yeah. she does so much of the cooking around here. It's, it's me really giving her a break. Oh, wow. Okay. Is that bacon wrapped over lettuce? Cabbage. You have to explain this one. This looks delicious too, but uh, you know, I'm also very, very much interested in, in eating that. There was some, I found a recipe somewhere for a, a bacon wrapped cabbage where you core it out and you stuff the inside, I think with butter and spices and you wrap the outside with bacon and you roast it. And yeah, we started, it was around, uh, bacon. can you beat it? I don't, I don't know. That looks delicious though. It was St. Patty's day. So we did that with a corned beef. Oh, there you go. Okay. So Mike, next time you're grilling, like you're doing yeah. a steak, get some, Get some broccoli. The problem is I don't grill too many steaks because of the fact that I only have the Green Mountain. So that's anything. why I need a gas grill. Yeah. Can you need Weber. It can be anything. You, you do need to get charcoal Weber. Okay. And everyone's Mark's been gonna, saying that. I'm too lazy for that. Maybe you <laughs> and I can get matching Weber. <laughs> too lazy for a charcoal. It uh, takes as much time as it does for gas. Uh, the, I don't know if I... Uh, you <laughs> I, I, I had one, and I'm not allowed to have another gas grill now because of it. Really? My wife won't let another gas grill in the house because she doesn't like the taste of the food it's on so that good. versus the charcoal. It's so good. Like charcoal is so, amazing. You do, I, you do the. I, I, I could be down for that. Yeah. It's yeah, also well, one more thing my wife, because my wife's already out there using my tiny little camper gas grill and she's really good at it. I'm like, dang it. Now she's better at me than that. Mm -hmm. So maybe if I do charcoal, it's, it's an extra step she won't be willing to take. Yeah. So you reverse sear, reverse sear some steaks. You get some nice thick steaks or a nice roast. You reverse sear it so you smoke it to 120. You toss it on top of the coals. Like this is the way we're getting ready to do some steaks. And you're saying on the coals, not on top of a grate. You're saying on the, the coals? I do both. So the it's one called I did, caveman. It's caveman, caveman style. I, I understand caveman it. style is usually just straight on the coals. I just want to right make sure that's it. what you mean, right? Yeah. Like yep. right yeah. I reverse seared it. It's weird. You don't think it's going to work, but it's so good. Elton yeah. Brown okay. was the guy who showed it to me. Yeah. And how long are you keeping it on those coals? Uh, about a minute total. The oh, trick to it, from what side, just get it on, get it off. Yep. Yeah, so it's already cooked, right? It's like sous vide. So you're, you're already getting the whole meat up to 120 degrees, and you're just charring the outside. So you're almost doing it for texture, taste on the outside, than you really are for internal temp. Yeah, see, yeah. There's, a, there's a terminology for it. Um, it starts with an M, and I can't remember the name of it. Uh, but it's, it's making that caramelization on the outside of the meat. So you you cook basically get the whole steak up to a reasonable temperature and then you literally toss the thing onto onto the coals to finish it off. Yep. So that was New Year's Eve when I was doing it. Oh, um, so yeah, you got to try it. It's it's amazing. You okay. think it's All right, you think I'm it's going to come off with coals and stuff attached? That's to what it, I would right? think. Yeah. No, you just no, now I off. need to get a Weber with charcoal yeah. on it. That's what and my dad used to cook on. Honestly, like that's right. what I grew up on. The um, whole secret is this silver cylinder in the middle of the grill. Fifteen minutes and you have your coals ready. Wait, so, okay, so you're doing this, the, that cylinder, cooking it or like, getting the coals ready, and then you're pouring them into the Weber? Yeah. Not starting them inside the Weber. And you don't Correct. use lighter fluid. 
Got it. Correct. Yeah. Got it. Little okay. paper underneath, light it. It'll light the, it'll go up in a chimney. It'll light the, the, the charcoal. Yep. Then when it gets hot, 15 minutes, turn it over and just pour it in there. You can, that way you can pour it anywhere you want. You can do indirect that way. You can pour it in a corner. You can you're not, even, you're not limiting yourself to where you initially correct, put it. Correct. Correct. Got you it. Okay. Spread them out. You can kind of do it that way. And then in this case, like with these, you'd put them in a section, level them out. Take the meat, put it right on the on the on the on the. Uh, I have I did so many lessons I'm taking this weekend. Sadly, guys, I do. I have a hard cut off. I'm sorry, like, right now. But uh, man, I'm gonna follow up next week because I have a bunch of recipes I'm gonna take in. Uh, Mark gave me some ones for for my beef that I tried to cook last week. That I think my wife would like a lot better. So uh, we're going to be doing a lot of barbecuing in the next few weeks. So I'll be giving you guys updates. Uh, Mark, always good seeing you. Uh, I'll like you later. See you, Mike. Thanks for coming yeah. in, man. See you next week. The uh, The recipe I was going to give him uh, on the broccoli, super easy. You don't need to grill for it. So take a cookie sheet, put some tinfoil on it, cut your broccoli up into just little little chunks. Throw that on there. Grate some ginger. Throw it over the top of that. Salt and pepper it. Put it in the oven at 400 for 20 minutes, and you get baked broccoli. I never – that was a HelloFresh find. I never thought of baking broccoli. We – always steamed it and it was always awful it was wet and slimy and gross in cooking broccoli changed everything like it's like oh my god this is great so the three things you can do that with um broccoli cauliflower and brussels sprouts yep yeah carrots um, too you can kind of do that with carrots. yeah and the other thing we do instead of using ginger we use um, parmesan yeah so you yep. use olive oil and parmesan and bake it yeah. And we used to do that all the time because I, I don't like, I'm the same way. I'd rather have raw, raw uh, vegetables than I would boiled. Yeah, steamed or even steamed. Yeah. We would do all, we'd go through all kinds of gyrations to steam these and get them just right. And they just always be mushy and kind of, ugh. HelloFresh got, got us baking those. And, um, and you can... You can get all kinds of recipes on the internet for baked broccoli. I just never thought of doing it that way, and it was super delicious. You can have your broccoli going, so you get you know 20 minutes out off the grill. You can throw these in the oven, and they'll come out fresh and ready to go for you. For and I'm I'm a big steak and broccoli fan. That's just that's kind of my those are my two favorites to kind of pair together with a red wine, and I, I'm pretty much done. maybe a cigar at the end. Mushrooms. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, some sautéed. Yeah, have you? So, like, let's just talk about sautéed mushrooms really quick. Have you done it? So, I have a I have a pan for my grill that I can put in the grill and get really hot. Have you just done that on the grill where you throw the throw the mushrooms in there and add some stuff to them and just kind of sauté them with the meat? I've done mushrooms. I uh, think oh, the burger doesn't have it. Um, we get the big portobello heads, the ones that are about four inches in diameter, and we'll take those take the, the stem out of it. Drizzle olive oil over top of it and, and put steak spice on top of it and then put those on the grill with the veins up and cook them for about 20 minutes. And all the juice from the mushroom comes into the veins mm. and then put those, put a burger on top of that. Mm. But we have to have those mm. with steaks, just okay. portobello mushrooms on the side of the steak. Mm. But I do have a, a wok for my uh, Weber okay. that I've used. Yeah. But those, we used to do those portobellos all the time. If we're having a steak, we'd have a portobello beside it. Yeah. One of the things that's been interesting, Mark, during this time, this crisis that we're in, is when I go to the grocery store, and I haven't been in three weeks. So I, I, this was two. This was three weeks ago, but like all the fresh produce was 
packed. Like we could have in that time, I could have gotten anything. We were buying fresh celery. We were buying fresh fruits. They were all there. I don't know what it's like now, but it, it is one of those things. You know, everybody made a run on, of course, stuff that would be around for a while. Man, we we had some of the best fresh vegetables we've ever had. And then the other thing, Sammy's gotten really my daughter. She's gotten really um, kind of uh, cookie cookie ish in this cooking ish. And she we made our own vegetable stock this week. So all the fresh stuff that we've gotten in either HelloFresh or we've bought, we've put in a bag, throw it in the freezer. And she spent some time on Friday just boiling, you know, just cooking that up for a couple hours, adding some stuff to it. And then we got two gallons of vegetable stock. Freeze it. Yeah. we No, it's in, it's in the freezer. So it's yeah. frozen in the freezer. We're also going to – and here's what I want to ask you before we kind of wrap this thing up is I've got a whole chicken. Actually, I have two whole chickens that I bought. By the way, they're like six bucks. Yeah. They're not, they're not very expensive, right? Two whole chickens. I want to put that on the grill for a day, and I, that's one of those kind of things I want to put on at seven in the morning and let it go for hours, like at you know one eighty five, two hundred, two twenty five, something like that. Do I need to do? I've done turkeys, but for, what would what kind of advice would you give me on a whole chicken? I by the way, I bought that. We talked about that a couple of years ago. I bought that, that roaster. roaster. Yes. Do I use that or do I – so what do I do? What, what kind of advice would you give me? There's two different ways you can do it. You can do it on the roaster, which I still love. Uh, you can also spatchcock spatch it. And that's cutting you, it down the center and yeah, opening you, it up. You basically rip the – you cut the backbone out of it and you break its back. It break the front of it, rib cage, and then you put it flat. It allows it to cook better because it's, it's more consistent across the whole thing. Um, but the other part of it is cook to temperature. Cook it till it's just at the safe temperature. So I think chicken's 165 Fahrenheit. Mm-hmm. Um, if you let it go for longer, you're going to find it probably dried out and tough. Okay. So chicken's one of those things I put my thermometer into it and get it as soon as I hit 163, I'm looking at pulling the thing off. Okay. Because I want to get it off as soon as it can to make yeah. it juicy. Yeah. I, I am kind of looking at, we, we want to make some, some chicken stock off of it. So I do want to get it kind of roasted to the, to the temperature where it does begin to separate from the bones so that we get much, much meat. I would always, I always hate that when I'm eat chicken and it kind of sticks to it. I'd rather it just kind of fall off. Well, the other thing is talking to, a, I used to take a lot of cooking classes with a chef um, that was at the barbecue store. Uh, the barbecue store went out of business now, so the classes have dried up. But his way of doing it was he said, you never want to make stock from cooked chicken. Mm. You want to debone the chicken, cook the breasts and cook the legs and cook everything else, oh. and toss the raw uh, carcass into the uh, stock okay. pot. Okay. All right. That's more work, and it's yeah. harder because it's easier to pull meat off when it's done. Right. But he said it gives you a lot better chicken stock flavor. Okay. Well, that's good. Good to know. That's that's really good. Yeah, I was I was gonna get lazy with it and roast that thing for a while and then let it kind of fall apart and then take the kind of the pieces that are left after we take what we want and make chicken stock out of it. But that kind of makes sense. What I usually do is I'll cook them up. I think I'm not sure if I have a picture of it or not. But I, I'll do I'll buy a couple of chickens when they're on sale and they're like seven dollars a chicken. Yeah. Um, cook them up on the on the smoker at three fifty until they're one sixty five. Pull them off, let them cool down a bit, and then throw my gloves on and you rip all the meat off of it. Right. And right. we'll process, we'll sort of process all the meat so we have a big bowl of, yeah. of chicken meat. Yeah. When it's actually able to, when you're actually able to handle it. Right. And yeah, then that's again, kind of, that's kind of what I'm thinking of doing is, is starting it in the morning, 
letting it get up to temperature, probably by lunch or after lunch, it's probably up to temperature, pull it off, wrap it, and let it rest. And then in the evening, start pulling it apart. And I, and I figured that would give us probably a couple meals out of that Yeah. Uh, uh, for us. And, and then we could do a variety. You know, we could kind of process it, dark meat, breast meat, you know, the, the other pieces, and then uh, make a few. We could probably make a few things out of that. We just toss it into one big, whole big bowl. We don't yeah. even bother separating it. Yeah. yeah we yeah. pull the meat off the legs and meat off the wings and right. breasts and. Right. Yeah. And then it's, uh, we get, like, we'll, we'll find that we start using it for like an Asian noodle salad. And then we'll start using it for uh, a chicken omelet or chicken and broccoli omelet or a quiche or, mm-hmm. and then we start freezing whatever's left. Yeah. No, I think it's good. Uh, Ken, and I hadn't thought about this. I always do my turkeys whole, but he said, spetchcocking turkey on the acorn for Thanksgiving. Yum. I never thought about that. That'd be some work to spatchcock a turkey, don't you think? No, they're not that bad. Okay. Not that It's not that hard to actually get the bones out. It, it was amazingly easy with a sharp knife or with a pair of scissors. Okay. Yeah. But I think Ken bought a, a, an acorn after one of our first uh, barbecue <laughs> shows. And I still love my acorn. I still have it. I, I can't ever see getting rid of it until it falls apart. But I've had it, I want to say, six or seven years now. And the thing still goes. And I'm actually looking at buying a, a stainless steel grill for it because I don't want to reseason my cast iron every time I do pizzas or steaks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mark, anything else you wanted to share that we might have missed on this? I don't think so. Oh, actually, there was. Um, yeah. By the way, this bacon right- rack cabbage. Are you kidding me? <laughs> that was good. It was really good. This might, this might be one of my next purchases if I can find one. Um, so this is the benefits of a pellet smoker being it's computer controlled, but the beauty of charcoal being that it's a gravity fed charcoal grill Mm. and it's getting a lot of attention. So these gravity fed charcoal things have been around for a while. This one's actually a computer controlled one. So there's no messing around with it. Master built is the name of this. Yeah. Okay. Uh, It's getting great reviews. Like it's got 4.6 on their own site out of 82, but it's actually getting good reviews on people's reviewing sites also. So it works in a similar principle to a pellet grill where it actually has a, uh, a charcoal feed and a fan instead of pellets and a fan. Um, and then you can put wood chunks on top of it to get extra flavor. And when you're done, you shut down the vents and the thing goes away. Yeah. So huh? it's uh, it's a nice play on, on um, you know, fed, auger fed and yeah. just, use, just using charcoal, right? Well, and the gravity require special charcoal? Nope. Just okay. lump and, lumper briquettes. A gravity-fed, uh, a t- typical gravity-fed cabinet-style smoker is about two thousand bucks, and these things are selling for four, five hundred dollars. So, Masterbuilt's always known to be a bit of a, a lower-end grill. Oh, but okay, um, yeah, good, good reviews so far. They're getting great reviews, and Weber, who was thought of as one of the top makers of grills, with their pellet grill, is getting absolutely slammed. Mm. There are people returning them before they even got delivery of them because they're having fires on them. Hmm. They uh, they came out with with a brand new. They had a huge uh, product launch. Um, the reviewers were reviewing them live, and they were having fires. Numerous people were having fires with them, and people started returning to the store before they even took delivery. So it's uh, it's funny how the market can go sometimes. Yeah, no, right on. You know, you, you just never know. Um, you know, and I'm I have an old. Like I said, I think I bought mine. We we bought our first house in '96, and I bought a Sunbeam grill. Just so we'd have a grill, it was one hundred and hundred and forty bucks at Walmart, maybe. And I just wanted a grill, you know. I got I, I got 
the cheapest, not the cheapest, but pretty close. And I've retrofitted that thing with cast iron grates and I've put cast iron burners in there and I've tried different kind of deflectors. I've talked, I've, I've messed around with different kind of rock just to kind of yeah, get what I want. Lava rock and the pallet things and the. Yeah. No, I just, just kind of messed around with it each time to give it a little bit of different. It's, it's, I've, it's had so much heat in the, uh, in it it started to bow out. So I've had to get, I had to run a bolt through it and screw. I mean, like I have gotten all a hundred and whatever I paid for this thing of, of, you know, of, of value out of it, but it pulled it back together. Um, one of the things now, after we're talking about this, Mark, I have heat deflectors all the way across and it really doesn't make it an effective grill anymore. Like it's really hard for me to sear on that thing because it's deflecting the heat so evenly and I'm, and I'm getting, it's warming up to a certain temperature, but I'm not getting that searing that I want at times. And now that I'm, now we're talking about this, maybe I'll switch one side to have the deflectors, the other side to be open. And then I, that it gives me the ability to do some direct or indirect. I mean, we're never, it's not big enough that I would do large volumes on it, but it would give me an opportunity for the way we cook to have that flexibility to do indirect and direct or both or right. I mean, because it's it, it just gives me some options, or you could just be get it shoot to buy a Weber. <laughs> you're gonna, you are. Gonna, I'm gonna get one. You're. I, I am gonna get a Weber just for you, and uh, and, and I'll have that. I keep looking maybe, a, maybe this spring. It's such a great tool slash toy, right? It's so versatile. Um, one thing that popped up in Discord this week is how many of the people on the group actually are smoking, um, yeah. one form or another. We had people on Weather, uh, Weber Smoky Mountains. We had people on Weather, Weber 22-inch kettles that were doing smoking. Um, I know Brian Ayers got a, a massive uh, smoker. Um, I think there's about seven or eight people in that group now that actually have them yeah. or are doing smoking on something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I'm smoking on this. I mean, I've figured out how to do it. How It's taken practice, but... I'm figuring out how to smoke on my on the Sunbeam grill. That's not traditionally would not be a smoker with the with that amazing tube and and figuring the right place to put it and how it needs to work and how much I can do and where does the meat need to go. So it can be done. You don't have to the the current grill that you have, you may be able to get some some I think that amazing smoking tube is fifteen dollars. The, yeah. ro the, the, you, you talked me into that chicken, um, chicken uh, roaster, the roaster, Rubber chicken roaster. Yeah. I, I think it was 30, 40 bucks. It wasn't very much. Yeah. Uh, we have it. I haven't used it as much, but, but maybe I need to pull it out for this, um, for these, for these turkey or these chickens that I have. So it doesn't have to be, you know, I started looking at the Traegers. I started looking at, you know, all the stuff you guys talk about and it was just, it was tough for me to stomach a four, three, four, five hundred dollar investment. Some of these are a thousand, right? Yeah, and I was like, uh, but for those for the for the average guy who wants to be a little more economical, you totally can do this on your grill. It's just you got to know it. You got to know. You, you got to play with it. I, yeah. I bought a Napoleon charcoal grill. Um, it wasn't a lot of money. It was two hundred bucks US. Uh, bought it, assembled it, tried playing with it. I couldn't control the heat at all. It had manufacturing issues with it. I tr I took it back to the store. I bought a Weber, same price. Like two hundred bucks is is less than you'll pay for a lot of gas grills and you can do high heat. You can do offset. You can do, I love doing chicken wings on it. When you're doing an offset, um, you can do rotisserie, you can do pizzas on them. You can do bread on them. It, it's getting back into using charcoal again, which is a little different, but it's, it's, um, 
it's something that you can play with and learn with. Yeah. Or you can do it through your grill. I, I tried doing ribs with my, before I started getting into charcoal, I did a lot of ribs on my gas grill. Um, and I got frustrated with it because I was losing too much heat at the back and I would jam the, the, the back vent with tinfoil. And then at one point I got my first charcoal grill and then I want another one. My wife says, well, you have to get rid of your gas. You have to get rid of another grill to get a second grill. So I got rid of <laughs> my gas and then somehow I stuck the other three in. So now I have three, uh, four grills and a pizza oven. Yeah. But you use them all the time, right? Yes. You use them yeah. all the time. Yeah, it's a good it's a good story. You know, uh, earlier in the show, someone said I was a little quiet on the mic. I think I was struggling a little bit with that uh, earlier in the show. I just realized I had the audio uh, processing enabled on StreamYard. I think I was testing that for somebody. I forgot to turn it off. Hopefully, my audio has gotten a little bit better. Hopefully, people could hear me uh, tonight, and actually, we'll fix that in the podcast, so it won't even matter. Mark, thanks for uh, thanks for jumping in with us tonight. It's always great. Like I always uh, this. Tonight hasn't costed me any money just yet, yet. so to speak, yet. <laughs> yet. Uh, it almost always did. There was a couple shows where I actually bought stuff right online. And, um, you know, it, 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 and don't get me wrong. The last year I've been looking around, you know, every store I go into that has grills. It, it, and, and I had been eyeing, I've been waiting for, so Target sells some really nice um, Weber's that are the the kinds you like, you know, with the, with the, um, for the charcoal at the bottom, the charcoal receptor. Yeah. The catch pan, the the catch receptacle, yeah, 22 inch or whatever it is. And I've been waiting for those. And twice I missed those on clearance at the very end. I was thinking you could pick them up for 99 bucks or whatever on clearance, uh, at the end of the season, maybe this fall will be, uh, will be the opportunity or Craigslist. You keep sending me (laughs) every, every time we do a show for two or three weeks after it, you send me like, Hey, there's a guy over there that's got one. I, I, I went looking gonna, today. There was none. Yeah, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna wait for the recovery a little bit and uh, and use what I have. But certainly, as we pull out of this and uh, we kind of move into a recovery um, p- posture for most people, um, uh, very, very option. Are you guys are you guys feeling it pretty bad up there in Canada, or is it is it um, you feeling pretty good about it? It, it depends on the industry you're in. Um, I was on a, uh, a WebEx a little while ago talking about it, and it was everything from bankers to HR people to high tech. I work in the, the water and wastewater industry, and we're, we're a supplier and a integrator for that market. So we're still doing okay. Um, from what we've heard, the projects are still going ahead because they're capital investments of infrastructure. They can't not do them. Uh, communities are growing. They need to have more fresh water and they need to have more treated water. So they have to go ahead with it. So we've been, um, we've been lucky. Uh, the guy that owns a company is a buddy of mine. And he's always said, he says, it's very hard to outsource wa- the creation of water. Yeah. yeah yes. So yeah, it's, yeah. we've lucked into a, an industry that has to be local. Uh, it's also a very service oriented industry. So right. um, for us, we're okay. Uh, some of our suppliers are getting harder to get some products in. Yeah. But most of our suppliers are considered critical infrastructure also. So, so far we're okay. My wife works in the bank and, and she's not working right now because the bank she works in shut down the mall or the, the mall she works in got shut yeah, down. The mall them. shut down. Yeah. 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 So um, they moved her to another branch, but then that branch ended up getting doubled up with people. So it wasn't right. really safe either. They, they right. had more staff than they did customers. Yeah. Too close. Yeah. 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 So um, she's off, but there's a, just like you guys have, we got big stimulus checks going to everybody. 
Yeah. And those just came in and they've been coming all week for here in the U.S. They've been coming all week for people. I think I got mine yesterday. And um, I, unfortunately, I owed in taxes this year about the price, about what we got in the stimulus check. Now, hey, listen, I'm not looking a gift horse in the mouth. That basically wiped out what I owed in taxes. And that's never a bad thing. But um, it's been interesting, to say the least. And, uh, and of course, you know, you might be listening to this show a year or two from now, and uh, it's all over. Hopefully, we've made it. It's not, there's no zombie apocalypse. Or I keep seeing people like, hopefully, we'll get the zombie. If there is a zombie apocalypse, hopefully, get the ones from the Walking Dead and not the ones from uh, from uh, zombie. What's the Z? No, the Z uh, something Z. Um, I can't. It's Brad Pitt is in that one. Uh, the movie Brad Pitt. It's going to come up in the chat. Yeah, it will. But um, it. I, I, I can't believe I can't. It's it's just escaping me now. But those zombies can crawl and they're fast. You know, we don't want those. We want the slow ones. Um, if this is going to happen, I think we're. I hopefully, I think we're going to be fine. I'll say this again. Uh, if you World are, War Z, World War Z. There it is. If you were, uh, if you're struggling through this, uh, please don't take any of this as, um, you know, extravagant or or over the top. We, I was hoping tonight, and one of the things that I asked you, Mark, in the pre-show was, hey. When you when we start doing some of this stuff, can it can it be economical? And you're like, heck yeah! I mean, and some of the bigger qualities and some of the cuts of meats, it can be very economical. And so maybe this is a way, you know, we're all cutting, we're all trying to figure out how to do this a little bit cheaper. And uh, and hopefully tonight has been a way. By all means, you know, a thousand dollar grill might be out of order, but maybe the grill that you have can take some retrofits. And uh, I haven't so, bought a single grill other than my inexpensive Weber's. I haven't bought anything new. Everything I bought, I found used. Yeah. Another way to do it. Another way to do it. And a way to be economical and in a way to, you know, we didn't even talk about some of the prep and the freezing and being able to, you know, store it for long periods of time or whatever. And uh, and it can be a very um, kind of economical way to do it. Mark, stay around a little bit for some post-show if you would. And we'll take some, take some questions from folks that are out there. A couple of reminders, though, before you go. One, don't forget. I appreciate folks that uh, support us on Patreon. If you go out to theaverageguy.tv slash Patreon, we have a $5 plan. We also have some plans if you want to sponsor a leak or write a post. If you're in a business and you want to promote something, got a couple plans out there if you want to partner with us to get it done. I did, Mark. I got an email from a you know one of these marketing folks. It's like, hey, your site could really use some optimization, you know? And I was like, oh. I said, so I went to one of these free, you know, link break, you know, because broken links are a real big problem, right? You you get penalized a lot on your site by Google if you have a lot of broken links. So I went out and I haven't, I don't do any of that stuff. I just post. I've gone back. I have 10 years of, st- of this kind of stuff, right? 10 years of show notes that Andrew wrote, you know, eight years ago, the links that God only knows if they actually work anymore. I had like, I had like, um, like 400 broken links on my site. I was like, oh, maybe this is a project I can do when, you know, a, li- a little bit at a time. Uh, but I do appreciate Oh my gosh. It's going to take a while to go down and track uh, track all those broken links that are out there. If you want to join us in our Discord group, theaverageguy.tv slash Discord, in the Facebook group, theaverageguy.tv slash Facebook. The Discord group, honestly, is just more active right now. We have more channels and there's a you know there's a uh, distributed computing and a cigar and unraid and smart home and hardware all that's out there 
barbecue is out there. If you, I'm sure that's going to blow up this week uh, as we're out there talking about it. So if you want to join us in Discord, theaverageguy.tv slash Discord, and that does work now. Don't forget, you can send me an email, jim at theaverageguy.tv. If you want to sponsor anything like the beer, the opening beer, you can do that as well. Just send me an email and we'll figure out how to get that uh, to you. Rate, subscribe, all that stuff on YouTube. Hit the like button down there if you would. We, we appreciate that. That helps us get discovered on YouTube, moves us up a little bit in the rankings. It does matter there. Reviews don't on iTunes, but the the little like button down there does make a difference. So if you haven't done that, click on that here uh, today. Don't forget the AverageGuy.tv platform with web and media hosting powered by Maple Grove Partners. Get secure, reliable, high-speed hosting from people that you know and you trust. Of course, that's Christian, and he does a, he does a great job for us. Now they have some redundancy in that network as well. MapleGrovePartners.com plan starts as little as ten dollars a month, and uh, you just get the greatest service ever. MapleGrovePartners.com. I want to thank you for joining us tonight. If you're here for the first time, come back on Thursdays. We do this every Thursday. It's not always barbecue. Next week, Erin uh, Lawrence is with us talking about. She's also from Canada. I don't know what it is about about folks from Canada, Mark. You guys just must be smarter. I think. Uh, and Aaron Lawrence is back. We'll have a bunch of her reviews and be talking about, she's just a great guest. So we, we appreciate her um, coming on as well. The week after that, McCabe is back all about the lawn. So he's this guy, he's gone nutso. I shouldn't say it that way. He's gone crazy on his lawn care. It's really nutso on his lawn care. And he's got a whole bunch of stuff he's put together. So think of this show with, with barbecue and grilling two weeks, all about the lawn. So and a crossover because he uses thermometers. He does. He does. He does use thermometers to, he, he waits just for the right temperature of the soil before he applies his chemicals. And, uh, and so we've got that to coming up as well. We are live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern out here at theaverageguy.tv live. If you're, if you're listening live, stay around for a little bit of post show. With that, we'll say goodbye, everybody.